0: Hello everyone! Right, Um, oh look, we're going to start with the shopping bag of surprise. Um, A welcome return, I think you'll find after um, we didn't use it last time I preached. Um, So I wonder what we've got inside the shopping bag of surprise, let's have a look. So inside the shopping bag of surprise we have, amongst all my other shopping, Oh. An onion. If you remember three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, I can't remember, anyway a couple of weeks ago when we started this series, Tim and Rosie uh, started um, this series with a family fun session where we had to go and hunt um, things that represented the various different Beatitudes, and um, here is the onion. It is onion week. We've reached the point of the onion. Um, onion represented uh, morning because it makes you cry um which you know is part of it but i think we're going to see this morning there's a bit more to it than that um when we started this series a couple of weeks ago paul asked us what kind of church we want to be um and i think we want to be a church of disciples of Jesus, um, people who live lives shaped by Jesus' teaching, which is actually a pretty radical life. We want to be a church that's passionate about seeing the kingdom of God advance, a church whose love is for the king of the kingdom, a church whose love is for Jesus himself. A church that brings hope to the hopeless, an Isaiah 61 church, a church of jubilee. Before his crucifixion, Jesus said to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus' kingdom is unlike any earthly kingdom. It's a kingdom that is at odds. It's completely different. To the kingdoms of this world at almost every level which i think living in the times we're living in we've got to see as being very good news indeed in fact jesus kingdom has often been called an upside down kingdom We're going to be confronted by this upside downness every week of this series, but I think especially so in Jesus' statement this morning. He stood on the mountain with his followers gathered around him at the start of his ministry and said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, as we started to see with um, Claire this morning in Family Fun, to mourn is to experience the helplessness and hopelessness of loss. That's what makes us feel sad. That's what makes us cry, referring back to our onion. We're suddenly faced with a situation that is totally beyond our control. But mourning is part of the human condition. King Solomon recognised this in his wonderful book of philosophy that we can find in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. In this book, we find a poetic reflection that Solomon has written, um, a poetic reflection on the state that we as human beings find ourselves in. He writes that there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. To those gathered to listen to Jesus that day, it often meant that mourning was a time of poverty too. It was often the key earner or breadwinner of the home that died first. There was no life insurance or welfare state. The future of many mourners in Jesus' day was truly bleak. So as Solomon observes, Mourning is something that we all will experience. I know several of us are going through the pain and brokenheartedness of mourning right now. That all of us will mourn at least once at some point in our lives shows us something else. It shows us that death is very much part of this world. Death is something every single one of us will face. It's something that every single one of us will experience. It will come to each of us in the end, but we also observe it in the world around us. When Jesus' friend Lazarus unexpectedly died, Jesus knew he would raise him from death. That's what Jesus knew he was going to do. He went to meet Martha and um, Lazarus' other friends, knowing that he would raise Lazarus from the dead. And you can read about that in John's Gospel. But we still read that Jesus wept before he did so. Lazarus had died. Everyone else in the house was in mourning, but Jesus was about to breathe life into Lazarus again so why was Jesus weeping well Jesus was weeping because death itself is wrong he wept because we have to mourn he wept because of humanity's situation we weren't meant to die death is wrong death shows us the state of the world that is why we don't just experience mourning in the face of death but we experience mourning in the face of other things too as we saw in family fun this morning we find ourselves mourning broken relationships or the end of careers which in these times could also mean financial uncertainty or even poverty for us it's a sign that things are not as they should be. It reminds us that sin broke the eternal relationship between the creator and the created. It was human sin that ushered death into the world. We weren't meant to experience the pain of loss that death brings. So when Jesus stood on the mountain and made his promise, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What is this comfort that Jesus promises his followers? So great a comfort that mourners are called blessed. Just as mourning and death shows us that something is wrong with the world, the comfort that Jesus promises his disciples and promises us as his disciples when we mourn shows us that something is very, very right with God. The blessing is magnificent and enormous. It is great and marvellous. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you already have received it and you can experience it, but you might not be living in the fullness of it. Jesus delivers his Sermon on the Mount at the start of his ministry. But he already knew how his ministry was going to end. So when he says to his followers, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. He knew that in roughly 36 months time, each one of them would mourn his death. He knew that they would be lost and frightened, helpless and hopeless. He knew that Peter would be so thrown by his death that he would deny he even knew Jesus. But Jesus also knew this, that at the dawn of creation, he spoke the world into existence, that out of nothing came forth life. Speaking about Jesus, the word, John puts it, like this in the beginning was the word jesus and the word was god he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him jesus made everything and without him was not anything made that was made so there wasn't anything that jesus didn't make in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it i love this i absolutely love this i think it is my favorite passage in the bible jesus was there at the dawn of time speaking the words words that commanded the creation commanded words too jesus was the life that produced the first adam and not even adam's sin can extinguish the life that exists eternally in Jesus. The light does indeed shine in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. And yet, the disciples would mourn. Jesus did die. But the comfort Jesus promised was a brand new kind of hope. And it was a hope that would change the experience of mourning for Jesus' followers forever. On the third day, he rose again. Out of the helplessness and hopelessness of mourning, the loss of Jesus, suddenly there is new life. Out of the hopelessness and helplessness of mourning, the loss of their leader, comes new life. Out of the grave comes the answer to death that humanity has been longing for. The problem caused by Adam's sin is solved once and for all, and death is overcome, dealt with for eternity. The pain of mourning signalled to us that something was wrong, And today, many people have reluctantly accepted death as inevitable and permanent. But there's no comfort in that at all. The comfort we know is the one signaled by Jesus' resurrected body. That whilst these earthly bodies we find ourselves occupying will indeed die as Jesus died, we too will rise again with Jesus and enjoy eternity with him under his rule and reign as citizens of the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our comfort. Jesus is the man that spoke creation into existence. Out of nothing comes forth creation. Jesus is the man that rose again out of death he brings life. This is hope to the hopeless. This is the ultimate jubilee. The brokenhearted and the poor will be comforted and fully satisfied. The mourners will become the inheritors of the earth and the inheritors of the wonderful, upside down kingdom of God. We're going to hand over to Alicia now who's going to sing. Um, we're going to join with her just to reflect on this. I'm going to pray, Father God, I pray that as we sing, I, I pray that you would bring us hope in our hopelessness, that whatever it is that we've been facing, whatever it is that we might find ourselves mourning now or in the future, that you would be our comfort, knowing. That death is overcome, knowing that our hope is in you and the coming of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, Amen. Elisha.